Hello, Wildcats. And welcome back for another week of the Cool Cats Corner. We have a very, very, very special podcast planned for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast with my brother Jordan. And because we got such good reactions and reviews from that, we're going to be going back with Jordan. And not only that, we've added the Sting King Thomas Robertson from the Unfiltered Podcast Network. Thank you very much for joining me, fellas. Look, it's been a lot of fun looking over and researching for this particular pod, I'm going to say myself. I gave these guys a bit of homework to do at the start of the week, which included, well, let's just say there's a little bit of a Perth Wildcats all-time draft coming up. But before that, we're going to speak a little bit about a throwback game. And we're going to throw back to Y2K, so the year 2000, when the Perth Wildcats took on the Victoria Titans for the NBL Championship. We have been inspired on this podcast by the likes of Bill Simmons, who is doing reruns on his Book of Basketball podcast of old games and just rerunning through some pretty significant moments in NBA history. And we've seen Liam Santamaria and Cam Luke go on about some NBL games. We want to, you know, join in and, and help out with that and do our parts. We're going to be looking at more specifically the Perth Wildcats run in these final series in the year 2000, and we're going to be doing a few more of these reviews just like this. So Cool Cats, Red Army, I hope you're ready to roll on to this podcast. We've got a lot of fun things coming for you. We've even got a little bit of a free throw contest in the Cool Cats corner to decide a draft order for the up and coming podcast draft. It's all coming at you very, very shortly. But before we do that, how about I introduce my guest? So we got Jordan from the Four Point Play podcast, and he's coming at you after doing very minimal research. A little bit of a letdown, but here he is once again. Jordan, say hello. How are we doing, Cool Catch? He's throwing shade early at me. I have done my research, and you will see after we do the draft that I will come out with the best team in this draft. Very much looking forward to reviewing the game from 2000s. Um, enjoyed the homework that Mason has set me, and I'm really looking forward to a good pod. Lack of homework. And thank you very much, Jordan. So now we have the Sting King, Thomas Robertson from the Unfiltered Podcast Network. He has a new episode of Reverb coming out to you. Big, big plans. Tom, thanks for joining us. Don't worry, Sug. Uh, <laughs> it's great to be here in the corner. Here we are, finally here, chilling out and relaxing all cool, talking some b-ball, not far from the school. <laughs> One more time, Tom. Oh my God. Okay. Here we are in the corner, chilling out, Max and relaxing all cool, talking about some b-ball not far from the school. It's great to be here in the corner. And looking forward... <laughs> 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 That's good. Looking forward to a good pod. Thanks for having me, Mason. That's awesome, Tom. Thanks very much. It's going to be a lot of fun rocking this one with you, cool cats. But right now, we're going to roll into the 2000 NBL Championship Game 2 against the Perth Wildcats and Victoria Titans. Stick with us. Well, I did everything in my power to pack for three days, but I only packed for one. Go for Perth. Steve Carpino is tipping the Perth Wildcats, and I'll stay with them as well. Stick around. This should be great action here on Fox. Everything you need, here we go now. Here we go. 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 Here we go
Okay, so we're getting our Wayback Machines. Shout out to the Stuff You Should Know podcast, borrowing that Wayback Machine for a while, and we're going to go back to the year 2000. It was a time mixed with hopeful optimism of what the new millennium had in store, as well as doomsdayers trying to return their hoarded goods due to surviving Y2K. Sound familiar? Anyway, I hope that I've set the scene. But what was going on in the NBL Championship Final Series? Well, it was the Perth Wildcats taking on the Victoria Titans. The Cats finished the season on top of the ladder with a record of 28 wins and 8 losses. The Titans had finished 4th with 24 wins and 12 losses. The Cats had made their way to the final after going to a 3-game series against Derek Rucker's Western Sydney Razorbacks in the quarters and then again against Mike Kelly's Townsville Crocodiles in the semis. On the other side of the draw, the Titans took care of Andrew Gaze's Melbourne Tigers in 3 before upsetting the second on the ladder Adelaide 36ers again in a 3-game series. In the NBL this season, Andrew Gaze led the league in scoring with 29.2 points per game. Remember, this is with 12-minute quarters, everyone. Daryl McDonald led assists per game with 7.8, as well as steals with 2.5. The Townsville Croc and now Cairns Taipans head coach Mike Kelly led the league in three-point field goal percentage with an impressive 43.9%. But that's enough of the season, and it's on to the final series. The grand final series was a special one, as D-Mac was spurring his Titans to a Cinderella run through these finals. Dropping 24 points and 8 assists in Game 1 against the Sixers, and then 24 and 6 in Game 3 to beat off the championship contending Adelaide team. The Wildcats were led by the double-headed monster of 7-foot league MVP Paul Rogers and Ricky Amazing Grace. The Wildcats snuck Game 1 away from home, as in the NBL, games are played this way. The high-ranked team would actually be away from home, so the lower-ranked team would host Game 1, 
and then the higher ranked team would host game two and three. So the Cats won this one in Victoria and then stealing this game one meant they only needed one more game at home to win the championship. The Cats were 19-1 and at home, including these playoff series games to this point this season. So it was a huge task to beat them and it seemed like a monumental one. It was. But when the game kicked off, the starters for the Perth Wildcats were 33-year-old Ricky Grace, turning 34 in the year 2000 itself, Anthony Stewart at guard, Andrew Vlahov, the 31-year-old at forward, Scott Fisher at forward, and the league MVP, Paul Rogers at centre. Whereas for Victoria, it was Jason Smith at guard, alongside Daryl McDonald, D-Mac at 35 years old, Frank Drimmich, so that's uh, Anthony Drimmich's older brother, amazingly was playing in this 2000 championship. A lot of similarities in the face there. They had Tony Ronaldson at Ford, who would actually play five seasons at the Cats after this, and they had Brett Wheeler at centre. So the Cats winning this game to 83-76. Marcus Timmons being awarded the MVP after dropping 27 points on 7 of 12 from three-point land. He was magic. It was NBL Championship number four for the Perth Wildcats, and this game is what we're going to discuss right now. So guys, hearing that breakdown, hearing the 2000 season, having watched the game, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed uh, going back and watching this game because it, it uh, allowed me to see all these big names that you've heard of in the past and actually get to see them in the flesh. Um, the likes of Ricky Grace, Andrew Vlahov, um, even Scott Fisher. I really enjoyed just going back and watching the game. In terms of the game itself, I thought the Wildcats started off very slow. Uh, I think at the end of the first quarter, the score was 15-9. to 9, But as you just mentioned, I think Marcus Timmons, the sixth man for the Wildcats, got them back into the game. His lights-out shooting really provided that scoring edge. And then in the second quarter, they got back in front. And yeah, I just thought it was, it was a tight contest. It was interesting seeing how the game was played back then. The floor wasn't spaced as much, uh, not as much perimeter playing, a lot of playing in the paint. It was just good to watch. What were your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, so this was interesting for me not actually being around to see this final series. So it was kind of interesting looking back at it and seeing what the standard of the NBL was like back then. And I guess you could argue that it is pretty similar to the NBL now in 2020 in some aspect. But straight away, one thing that I noticed is that nearly everyone in the commentary team was actually writing off the Victoria Titans and handing all of the, all of the praise to the Mighty Red Army and the Perth Wildcats which I thought was very interesting. So I'll just quickly jump in there, Tom, because I agree with you. So Steve Carfino, who was part of the Fox Sports uh, commentary team there, said there was actually no expectation out there for the Victoria Titans. What about the W, Steve? And look, Andrew Parkinson as well, emphasizing that, again, Victoria had nothing to lose. Like, are these guys just throwing it in? But yeah, I thought that was interesting as well, Tom. But yeah, continue. Yeah, well, also another thing that I noticed is that Early on, the Wildcats struggled. They couldn't hit any of their shots, and the Titans were running rings around them to start off with. And also, another thing that I really that really stuck out for me was that Ricky Grace didn't have that big of a role in this game, in my opinion. He had a couple of late turnovers, and he kind of cost us, not the game, but cost us the lead at some points. He did much as he probably could have. He was focusing too much on assisting the ball. He got into a fair bit of foul trouble as well. Ended with five fouls, same as he did in game one. But I thought that it was a really good comeback from the Wildcats considering that they were undermined for most of that first quarter. And Marcus Timmons obviously played really well. I think he got 25 points or something like that. Marcus Timmons had 27 points on 7 of 12 from 3. There you go. Uh, And also Darren McDonald as well did really well. So yeah, that's an interesting point you point out there with Ricky Grace there, Tom. So 13 points, he had 6 rebounds. He had eight assists, but this is where the killer was. Nine turnovers in this game. Nine turnovers, and he shot it at 33%, three of nine from the field. 
Yeah, just on that Ricky Grace point, I don't want to say he's been hyped up to the younger generation. He was a fantastic player, and this is based on one game. If you go and pull out a game of LeBron James from the last few seasons, you find one game, he could also be having a very terrible game. But yeah, what I did notice with Ricky Grace is he wasn't as offensively minded as what I thought he'd be. He was always looking to pass the dime first. And as I mentioned, those nine turnovers in the game did really hurt them. And I thought that both Marcus Timmons and Andrew Vlahov provided the calm head in the fourth quarter and were able to carry the ball over the halfway line for him and really calmed him down. So I think that's actually a pretty good analysis of what kind of transpired throughout the game. But a way that we're actually going to break this down in the Cool Cats corner is we're going to break this game down into four segments for you guys. So firstly, we have the segment of one-on-one. Now, the concept of this is that you look at the players who participated in this grand final and you have to choose who you think would win a one-on-one tournament between all of them in a game of ball. First to 11, winner's ball. I don't know if that changes anything for you guys, but who do you have? So just to get this clear, Sug, so we're choosing two players to go one-on-one against each other. I can't put a few players out there. No, that's correct. So I guess the best way to do this would be to pick the two players who you think would be playing against each other in the final and then the winner. It's a tough one. It's going to seem like I'm hating on Ricky Grace a lot. I have about five players listed down here, but what I, who I am going to go with, I'm going to go just based on this game and, and looking at the year they were having. And when I select these two players, I look for players who can score both inside and out and who can create their own shot. So with this one, I'm going to take Marcus Timmons based on this game. Uh, like I said, he was finding it outside the perimeter, inside could make his own shots. I'm taking Marcus Timmons and I'm taking Daryl McDonald because that guy is a straight bowler. He can he can drain it from three, even though this year he wasn't having a great uh, shooting percentage from three. But for the season, he was shooting 46% and he's got that mid-range shot. He can cross you up. He can go to the lane. So I reckon if it was a one-on-one final, it'd be Marcus Timmons versus Daryl McDonald. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. I think that Marcus Timmons would be an absolute threat. I'm not sure about the uh, ball handling ability against someone like a D-Mac. I think a D-Mac is an absolute showtime player. I am interested with D-Mac because he does get shots up everywhere, regardless who's in front of him. But one of his biggest weapons is his ability to pass. So I wonder how that would influence him in a game of one-on-one. But look, great, great suggestions. And Tom? Um, Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jordan here. I'm going to take Darren McDonald as well. And I've actually got him going up against Ricky Grace this time. I don't think... I mean, even though I said earlier that this wasn't his best game, this wasn't his best night, I still think that on his day he is one of the best players in the history of the NBL. And seeing those two square off one-on-one would be a treat, and I reckon that Ricky Grace would go through to the final. You reckon reckon Ricky Grace takes it all? Yep. Beautiful. Mr. Amazing Grace. So for myself, guys, I want to say that I would have gone a bit out of left field on this one. So if I had to nail it down to four players, I would have gone with you guys. Grace, D-Mac... But my two bigs, and they're both Perth Wildcats, and I think they would have been very interesting when it comes to one-on-one, is Andy Vlahov and the Fish, Scotty Fisher. So, look, and for me, I think the Fish wins the entire tournament. And I know that there's going to be people out there moaning about this selection, that it's the safe pick. But the Fish will back you down with his six foot six, 107 kilo body, all the way to the perfect position underneath the basket on the baseline, and slowly pick you apart. It would be demoralizing. Like, there is a case to be made that Andy Vlahov could have done that. But my problem with Andy is that he doesn't have that finesse, that touch that the fish has. And he would have less ideal shots, therefore turning the ball over more often. The fish for me, he's going to back you in. He's going to be clinical. But I think he takes this one-on-one from these plays in this contest. I think that's a good shout, Sug, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I think Scott Fisher is just based on looking at his career numbers. I think he went two or three years averaging over 30 points. So that guy can score when and how he wants. 
And I do like the pick of Andrew Vlahov as well. I actually had him as shortlisted for my one-on-ones. I think Andy Vlahov reminds me of a, I guess like a modern day Nick K sort of in that he's Mr. Versatile. So, you know, he does have the three-point shot, doesn't necessarily have to use it, um, can pass the ball, creates his own shot, you know, can beat the defender. So having Andy Vlahov up against Scott Fisher would be a, I guess, dream matchup as well. Beautiful, guys. So just to wrap this all up, guys, I went the fish. I went Marcus Timmons. Amazing grace. So there's your one-on-one picks from this matchup. Hit us up at the Cool Cats Corner on Instagram or Chucky Sugo on Twitter if your thoughts are any different. I'd love to chat it out with you guys. Love to hear what you guys are thinking. But the next segment of this one here is a fun one. And we got Lynn Sanity. And who was experiencing Lynn Sanity? So this is who was in the peak of their career. Who was absolutely flying? Who was experiencing basketball euphoria at this moment in their career? Well, I've actually gone for two picks from each team. Firstly, for the Cats, I got Paul Rogers, obviously a league MVP. He was doing bits in that game too. He was very clinical on offense as well as defense. He was tracking back a fair bit, good awareness. And I got Anthony Stewart for the Cats, actually. The Stew Man. Yeah, the Stew Man, Stewie Griffin. He was he was <laughs> he was a key player in that game too. He hit a lot of crucial shots to keep us back in. And also, whenever we were in the lead, to stretch it out and keep us comfy. And for the Titans, I've gone for Jason Smith, similar point to Anthony Stewart. And I've also gone for Brett Wheeler, who was doing bits in that game too, as well as that NBL season. Yeah, beautiful. So Brett Wheeler in this one having 14 points and four rebounds. He had those 14 points on five of eight from the field. So yeah, he was doing bits, Tom, definitely. For myself, who was experiencing Lynn Sanity, and it's not really Lynn Sanity, but it was the peak of his career. And I agree with you, Tom, it was Paul Rogers, MVP of that year, NBL champ of that year, NBL first team that year. So he was experiencing Lynn Sanity. That was the absolute peak of his career. Look, in the 1998 season, he averaged 21.4 points per game, which was his highest in the NBL career. But in the NBL 2000 season, where he did win this MVP, he averaged 18.8 points per game, second over his NBL career. And he never really got back to those highs. So look, this is the peak of his career. And then it did really slump, I'd say, after this. Even though he did have a year where he did get back to 18, it slumped to nine and seven after that. So PR peaked. And then my second guy who was experiencing insanity, and this is a bit of a ridiculous one to say, is Andy Vlahov. But hear me out. So this was his third and his final championship as a Perth Wildcat. This is his first as a Cats owner. And one of my favorite things was Vlahov kissing Derek Ruckers on the forehead after the win. So he's the owner, he's the captain, and he was asked what his motivation was for buying this Perth Wildcats team. He said he wanted to bring the game back to the people. Look around us, man, we're back. So look, no, I guess not Linsanity for Vlahov, but I guess in regards to his whole career arc, this is probably the peak. This is where he's the owner, he's the player, he's the captain, he's doing it all, and he's just won a title. So... Shout out to you, Andy. Jordan, who you got? I think going third, I'm just going to have to echo what both Sug and Tom have said. I think Paul Rogers, given that he was in his MVP season, I don't think he would have experienced more insanity than this. It was a bit disappointing to see that, I think, two years after this or a year after this, Paul Rogers left the Wildcats and moved on to another team. So, obviously, you know, he, he peaked and then he was humbled back down to uh, earth again and came back to the Wildcats a bit later on. Hard for a seven-footer. It is hard for a seven-footer. And it was interesting, actually, hearing the commentary where they said, it's not a matter of if he goes to the NBA, but when he goes to the NBA. Um, and that really didn't eventuate for him. So, I think... NBA games did he play? Yeah, I think he got, dra- he got drafted, but he didn't play an NBA game, Paul Rogers. So, yeah, he was definitely uh, experiencing insanity. And 
I'm going to echo Mason again because Andrew Vlahov, I think I didn't know prior to watching the game, but yeah, he was captain and owner and now championship winner again. So he's definitely peaking Lynn Sandy. When I initially read this question, I interpreted it a different way. I mistook it for who was like catching fire during this game, having their, their best game ever. And so initially I was thinking both Marcus Timmons and Daryl McDonald. Obviously, Marcus Timmons was averaging, I think, 13 points um, this season. He's gone and dropped 27 points. And Daryl McDonald as well that season, he was averaging 13 points and he dropped 25 points. So I mistook the question, given my lack of research, and I uh, went with Daryl McDonald and uh, Marcus Timmons initially because they were experiencing Lynn Sandy during this game. Hey, however you take the question, man, is however you answer. I love it. That's what we're about in the Cool Cats Corner, adapt and overcome. So what have we got next? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. They get tired of hearing about us and, you know, the glory days and all this and that. You know, it looks like we got some new glory days. You guys toughened us up in that first round. And I tell you, I feel more pressure going against you guys than the rest of these rounds. I'm not taking anything away from Townsville or the Titans, but you, you made us play off tough. Commiserations to the, the Titans. Gorgeous, the best coach ever, and uh, it's just great. Beginning of the year, go back to before this season started. First, the rumors about your possible move to Sydney. Second, your illness. How did you bounce back? Where did you find the inspiration to come back strong and play like we know you can? Well, you know, I got, I love the game regardless of whether I'm playing pickup, whether I'm playing back in Dallas, or whether I'm playing here in Perth. At that time, we didn't have Paul. I felt like the Wildcats were going to go toward the youth movement. I'm not here for youth movements, and uh, I thought it might have been time to move on, but Paul came back, which should mean that uh, the guys were, you know, still championship contenders, and uh, here we are. Congratulations, Ricky. Well done. So next, this is a fun one, guys, and this is a Cool Cats Corner original. We've called it Trending. So in this one, it's if there was Twitter back in 2000. So what are the trending hashtags we would have been seeing? We're going to give you four each. Is that is that all right, fellas? Yeah, I can give you four. All right, so you guys have come prepared. I love it. Does anyone want to start? Off the cuff. Yeah. Stinking. <laughs> okay, so the first one that I've got is hashtag wheeling and dealing for Brett Wheeler. Ooh. Reference to Ric Flair. 
Love that. Uh, I've also got Demac Attack for Darren McDonald. Love that. Because he was on fire in this game. Another one, three ball Timmons. Not as good, but still obviously Timmons caught fire. And the last one I've got is for Paul Rogers, and it is simply The Rock. Yes. Yes, very good, Tom. Very good, Tom. I love those hashtags. They definitely would have been trending. Uh, given you took up the, the Timmons triple one, I'm going to go black to black uh, in reference to Alan Black and Stephen Black taking out the championship. I'm then going to go, Mama, there goes Marcus. <laughs> Another one that I had was Wildcats too good. So with the T-W-O as in they took it out in two. And just because I'm a big favorite, uh, I like the and new. And if Ricky Grace did have Twitter at that time, he definitely would have posted the uh, Sharvin gift of just doing the four. <laughs> four! <laughs> no, very good, fellas. Very good. So, I have a couple here. So, you guys have already touched on Timmons triples. I went Black Wednesday, hashtag Black Wednesday, because this game was played on a Wednesday. Uh, also referencing 1992 London, where the pound fell. So, there's a bit of history for you in this Cool Cats Corner podcast. Knowledge, stay out there, stay woke. I would have had just straight up Anthony Stewart just trending. Just hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Anthony Stewart. The boy dropped 20 points when he was averaging 12.8 on the season. Look, he actually averaged over 40% from three twice in his career. But yeah, Anthony Stewart was playing a game out there. And my final one, and this is the one I'm probably most proud of, hence why I've pushed it, is hashtag Y2Cats. And in the year 2000, this was post all the Y2K outbreak and the chaos. The Y2Cats have won the championship and that's what I have trending. So thank you very much for your updates, fellas. I do have to say that Black to Black has got a nice ring to it and might take this one, but Y2Cat's not far away. And we also have Wheeland and Dealing for the big Brett Wheeler out there as well. So fantastic job, guys. And our last little segment here is Don't Call It A Comeback. And I'm interested to see how you guys interpreted this one. So to give you guys an idea, I'll give you mine first. So I went, my Don't Call It A Comeback was Jack McVeigh of the Adelaide 36s is now rocking dyed blonde hair, which was obviously being rocked by James Harvey back in those days, the year 2000. So Eminem released the Slim Shady LP on February 1999. James Harvey probably owned that album. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> and he has that hair rocking. Don't Call It A Comeback. This is, and now, so I have that, but I also have these things that I want to see. And it's the on-court reporting Ban the bunker, man. Get rid of the bunker. Ban the bunker. Hashtag ban the bunker. Because the on-court reporting was awesome. Seeing seeing those dudes out there was so much fun. I loved the Dank Black's Cats uniform. And you know, Alan Black was definitely pushing that uniform to be used because that wasn't the design team pushing that one. And the on-court celebrations. Don't call it a comeback because I miss those so much from the NBL 20 season. We need to see our on-court celebrations. What say you? Yeah, so as you said at the start of this segment, I think it's all about how everyone interpreted it. I love the don't don't call it a comeback, and I do like the let's get trending hashtag ban the bunker. Yep. So how I interpreted it was, yeah, so don't call it a comeback. What I'd like to see come back, I thought the 12-minute quarters for the NBL was fantastic. Bring that back. Same as the six fouls. Um, the thing that was interesting was the jump ball at the start of each quarter. Bring it back. I'm a big fan of that. Actually, you know what's interesting? When James Crawford played, I don't think he ever lost one. Like, he, de he definitely did. But he won so many that that's such an asset as a player if you can win the tip. So, yeah, bring it back. So, bring that back. Mason's already echoed it. The Black Wildcats kit was lit. I thought, jo I thought John Casey's aged well, you know? Still commentating, do doing his bits. And that, that was four years after he received Presenter of the Year or something. So, JC in the peak. So, he's trending. 
Keep doing you, JC. What else? Uh, yeah, the encore interviews were fantastic. In particular, the thing that stood out to me was Mike Ellis. Shout out, Mike Ellis, my boy. He was just so happy for everyone. And when uh, asked about the drilling they received from the Townsville team after their 42-point drumming earlier in the year, his, qu- his quote was, we'd like to thank Townsville for that. There's no doubt they won us the championship for doing that to us, which is just brilliant and has aged fantastic. Are you going to bring that up with him next time you see him? I will. I'll have a quiet word with Mike. Very, very happy with that. And also just Alan Black not being able to pop the champagne bottle open is hilarious. There were some serious, this is our Pauls and Marino vibes out there. Paul Zimarino, shout out. Post the video, give to Mason on the Cool Cats Corner. Tom? Yeah, well, you guys took the two things that I had. But yeah, I agree. Classic uniforms bring back the black or not even the black uniforms, but some sort of throwback, throwback retro thing like they do in the NBA. Some sort of vice thing even. I mean, they've already got the sunset uniforms, but something like that would be good. Also, 12-minute quarters, longer games. That would also be beneficial for the NBL, and it would make the games a bit more high scoring as well. Was there anything about the game and the way the game was played, Tom, that you thought would be good to have back in the modern NBL game? I guess oh no, I guess one thing that did stick out to me is a similarity. In this game too, I saw a lot more perimeter shooting and not as much reliance on trying to score points in the paint. And I think that's still something that you'd see in the NBL today. But other than that, I can't really think of anything else. I agree with you, Tom. So in terms of the perimeter shooting, the Wildcats were definitely making a point of emphasis in that game. The Titans were having a nightmare from the uh, from the perimeter. But what I actually found interesting as well is this emphasis on three obviously still wasn't even really there. Like Shane Hammerhill was a big three-point shooter. He shot around nine threes a game, which is insane to think that when he was playing, he was shooting around nine threes a game. But he was before his time now that we find that out. The players these days are shooting around nine threes a game, even in the NBA. So, Shane Hammerhill was about it beforehand. And the Cats in this 2000 season, in this playoffs game, made an emphasis on the three. And you saw what happened when Marcus Timmons caught fire. Just on that, it's interesting. I agree. I agree with you both. I think I was expecting to see more, more play in the paint and more post-up game. But the only one really person who did that for the Wildcats was their MVP, Rogers. So, it's interesting. So, they obviously go to him for that. And then other than that, they spread the ball and, and find the open shooter. Which I definitely think is a big point of emphasis on Paul Rogers' games and why they were so successful all season because they could bang it inside. The fact that Ricky Grace gave Paul Rogers such props when he said, when I knew Paul Rogers was coming back, I knew there were a real chance of this NBL title again. And he wanted to stick around because there were some talks before the season that he wasn't going to be around. I ain't about that youth movement. That's right. He ain't about no youth movement, which is fair enough. That's that's his little I ain't about practice moment there for, for our boy Ricky Grace. But look, guys, any final words on this game before I kind of wrap it up? I've got a couple that I just want to touch on. Take the mic, suck. Take the mic, rock the mic. All right. So I have broke it down into a couple of little segments for us. So before the game. How good was the video intro for the NBL? Awesome. So, this is about as 2000s as you can get. It was just funky, big dunks, flashy dimes, that retro school uniform, awesome. And also Fox Sports using the Monday night football theme. (laughs) Huge, huge. That just had like, especially with the lack of football, lack of sports at the moment, that just hit the feels. Like Tom said at the start, the commentators just emphasizing the fact that the Titans were absolutely no chance in this one. That was really odd. We had the Fox Sports presenters' predictions in this game. Derek Ruckers went Titans in game three. Lol. Phil Smythe went Perth Wildcats. Good on you, Phil. Phil Smythe actually, I went back and watched a bit of footage, still has the same haircut. 
Anyway, Andrew Parkinson went to the Titans. Steve Carfino, smart man, Wildcats. Just on, just on Steve Carfino, I thought it was very interesting. He said he's only packed for the one day. Wildcats win. Yeah, Stevie Carfino knew it was up. John Casey, JC, went to the Wildcats as well. And one little thing I wanted to touch on with the presenters was their outfits, that Safari Jungle vibe, that Vogue Safari Jungle vibe. Those guys could have been on a catwalk out there. The Whoops. The Jacuzzi Jungle Catwalk. So, during the game, I liked a few things. So, Vlahov hitting referee Mal Cooper on the arse. Little touch on the tookers for him. Uh, D-Mac cutting up the court seamlessly. Rogers getting excited off the big and one play, which he said he was utilizing Jordan. Head coach, Brian Gorgian. White tucked in t-shirt into the denims. Massive vibe. Thoughts, fellas? Yeah, I'm going to rock that one tonight. <laughs> And um, look, this is my this is one of my favorite. We're not we're not big on swearing here, but the the chance started coming of you're a bastard referee, which was a, I'll, I'll get the soundbite for you guys. We'll add it to this. There's going to be some red army glory army crossover, and I think we heard it there. So I really enjoyed during game Marcus Timmons catching fire, and this was right at the start of the game, back to back threes in the first quarter, ignite the Timmons flame, and then in post game, one thing I love was Crawford embracing Timmons. That year after retiring in 99, careless whispers from Crawford into the ear of the soon-to-be finals MVP. Scotty Fisher promoting his seafood business in the post-game championship interview. Incredible businessman with the seafood temporary tattoo on there. Who plays with a temporary tattoo in a final? Incredible. Uh, Mike Ellis, assistant coach Jordan touched on that. Stephen Black, rookie of the year. I have a rookie of the year segment coming up for you guys in a pod coming up, but he will be featured in that, so keep an eye on him. Marcus Timmons off the bench, grand final MVP. And before we chuck over to my final thoughts, I want to throw it over to the Sting King, who's brought in something very special to the corner, some sacred, sacred literature. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. What I have in front of me is a sacred document. I get a, I get a program from the 1989 final series, the semifinals, and it's got also signatures of the Wildcats in there. You got, if I, if I flip over, we got James Crawford, Trevor Torrance, Steve Davis, Mike Ellis, Brett Ellis as well, Glenn Ellis as well, and also Cal Britton. Yeah, but it's just a really cool vintage item to have. We got some signatures in there too. And also, we're going to put some photos up on the Cool Cats Corner Instagram for you guys to check out too. Thanks very much, Tom. So, thank you very much for bringing that in. That's uh, that's older than you are. That's incredible. My final, final thought was that there were five guys on this Wildcats team who could stand up and score points. Marcus Timmons, Ricky Grace, Vlahov, Paul Rogers, and Scotty Fisher. That's a lethal five, and it's going to help at all times. So that's a wrap on the Cool Cats Corner covering an old NBL Finals game for you. We will do a few more out there for the Red Army, but you guys jump on YouTube, check them out. I have no doubt many of you have already seen them before, but that's from us, from this segment. We're about to roll onto something really, really fun. But before we do that, we're going to have a little shoot-off. We're going to have a little shoot-around in the Cool Cats Corner, and the, uh, the winner's going to get the first pick in this upcoming Cool Cats Corner, Perth Wildcats, all-time, all-star NBL draft. Next.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Cool Cats Corner. We hope you've enjoyed what we've done so far, which was cover the 2000 NBL Championship Final Game 2 against the Victoria Titans. That's the Perth Wildcats against the Victoria Titans. And what we have for you guys now is that we have an all-time Wildcats draft. And let me discuss with you how we're going to do this. So, what we've got is me, Thomas, and Jordan all in the room. We've been researching chaotically over the last week, trying to find who we want in our all-time Perth Wildcats starting five. So, what's going to happen is we're each going to draft five players. Two of those players will be outside players, meaning they score, and you'll generally find them around the outside of the key. There'll be two of those players, and then we'll also do two inside players. So, these are generally your power forwards, your centers, and these guys operate inside the key. So, you'll pick two inside Generally, your guards to small forwards, two outside, power forward centers, and then you'll pick one flex player. Now, the flex player can be either inside or an outside player. Gives you a bit of flexibility. So, once a player is selected, they're no longer allowed to be selected by the next team, obviously, as a lot of these drafts happen. And then we're going to do it as a snake draft. So, if you have pick three, you'll also have pick four. If you have pick one, you'll have pick six. Then you have six and seven, obviously, rolling through that way. So, we're going to give each other about 30 seconds to make the picks. All we did all of five minutes ago was in the Cool Cats corner. We had a little free throw competition with the hoop on the back of the door. All very serious business. It was first to hit, you make the pick. And Jordan hit it on his first turn. So, that was Jordan with pick one. Mason hitting it very shortly afterwards with pick two, and then Tom struggled. And uh, yeah, so we'll be seeing him with pick three and four in this draft. However, as I said, we'll summarize each of the picks at the end of the round. Just before cracking into this, guys, a couple of additional rules. So when you're selecting these players, and these boys know this already, but when we're selecting the players, we'll be selecting Wildcats in their peak of their career as a Wildcat. So they, for example, Paul Rogers has won championships and an MVP elsewhere. We're only taking Paul Rogers MVP year if you're selecting Paul Rogers, for example. So you don't need to specify the year. We'll know as, as Red Army ourselves. You can specify if you like, but just for the listeners out there, we're we will be selecting all-time Perth Wildcats and their performance as a Wildcat, strictly to that. So, we're going to be making it fun for you. Now rolling in, this is the Cool Cats Corner all-time Wildcats draft. I'm your commissioner, Mason DeLeo. Thank you all for joining. We've just discussed the rules. And Jordan, you're on the clock. Thank you, Commissioner. I've been looking forward to this day for a very, very long time. A very exciting day where we get to pick our five best Wildcats in their prime as a Perth Wildcat. As you just heard, I hit my shot on the first attempt, shock, with the number one pick. I actually did not want the number one pick because there's too much pressure with the number one pick. But this comes down to two players for me. I look at the draft and I look that it's actually the harder player to find is actually an inside man. But contrary to what I just said, I'm looking at the two best outside players for my number one pick. And with my number one pick, I am not taking Amazing Grace. I am taking Bryce Cotton. Bryce Ice Cotton. He has proven that he is, in my eyes, the best Wildcat ever. He's the most talented Wildcat. So you don't have to go back. I don't have to give you a year of his best Wildcat. He has been so consistent. He won the MVP in 2018. He won the MVP in 2020. In his 2020 season, the bloke was averaging 22 points per game, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, and this is on 40 minutes per game. So if you 
put that into a 48 minute per game scenario, he'd be shooting over 30 points per game. So I'm taking Bryce Ice Cotton with my number one pick, Commissioner. Bryce Cotton off the board. Uh, did he take your guy there, Tom? He took his guy. So Bryce Cotton off the board with pick one. That puts Sug on the board. The Chalky Suggs are on the board and we are left in an interesting situation here. With the second pick in the Cool Cats corner, Wildcats all-time draft, the Chalky Suggs select... James Crawford from Alabama. So we've decided to go with the 371 games for the Wildcats, six foot eight, 97 kilo, James Crawford. And I'll take James Crawford at his best. I'll take him in 1987 season where the young man scored 33.4 points per game. He raked in 11.8 rebounds, 4.3 of those being offensive rebounds in those games. The man was efficient from the floor, 61.2%. And this draft does run a little bit difficult when you look inside. So I've snaked the best of the lot. Thank you very much with the number two pick in the draft, fellas. Thomas, you're on the clock. I have two picks, correct? Because it's a snake draft? It is. All right, so I already know who I'm picking. No preamble, no messing around. Ricky Grace and Damian Martin, welcome to the team. Wow. Ricky Grace and Damian Martin. Can you please give me a spill on those two picks? I understand... Ricky Grace, arguably the best Wildcat of all time. Damian Martin, arguably one of the best Wildcats of all time. But why are we taking Damian Martin with your fourth pick, Tom? Why so high when there's so many other outside players there? Okay, I'll talk about Ricky Grace first. Obviously, like you said, one of the greatest Wildcats of all time, one of the best outside players in this draft pool. I had to steal him off the board before one of you guys did because he is obviously such a good asset to any of our teams. And as for Damian Martin, multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year, multiple-time NBL champion. He's obviously just one of the best players, I'm going to say, of all time in the NBL, let alone the Perth Wildcats. So I've taken him with my fourth pick. My two outside players, Ricky Grace and Damian Martin, I've stolen them both off the draft board. And talking about steals, Tom has got himself a defensive team there. So the six-time Defensive Player of the Year, Damian Martin going with pick four. First pick of the second round. Very impressive by Damo. Nothing but respect to the legend. That's a great pick there, Tom. You're going to have a lot of really happy Red Army cool cutters out there listening in and happy with that pick. So you've you've got the man that can steal hubcaps off a moving car, Ricky Grace. You've got the man who's a six-time defensive player of the year, Damian Martin. And now you wait again because we're back on the clock at the Suggs. So with pick five in this draft, so we've gone inside and now I'm going to chuck it. This is really tricky because I don't think there's, there's a couple of these guys who may not be there. I think Jordan might pinch one of these guys that I want to take here, but I'm going to pair up James Crawford with another James. We're going James Ennis with the outside player, with the outside positional category there being the small forward to guard position. So I'm going to go Crawford into Ennis and we are a long, long team here. So that's my pick five, James Ennis off the board. Look, the reason I went Ennis, he only played 33 games for the Cats, but over those 
33 games as a cat in 2013-14 and it's 21.2 points per game. He shot the three ball at 35.5%, taking 5.6 attempts per game. He was raking in boards with 7.1. He was an athlete. He was an asset. He was the most lethal guy on the court in the NBL and he knew that. So, James Ennis, thank you very much. Pick five. Took my guy again. Big, big pick, Sug. Taking a current NBA star in James Ennis and it will always be a wildcat. So does this mean I'm on the board of pick six and pick seven? Pick six and seven in this NBL Wildcats all-time draft. All right, so this is exciting. So obviously I've already taken Ice Bryce Cotton with my number one pick. Uh, that's my that's my outside player. I'm going to look inside. And with inside, I'm happy because I've got two in a row here. My inside player's got two in a row and there are great candidates for the inside player here. There's two guys I'm looking at, and they're both similar, so I'm going to have to take one. With my sixth pick in the NBL All-Star Wildcat Draft, I am going to take Andrew Vlahov. Andy Vlahov. It's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) The man who was captain, owner, and I believe three-time championship winner with the Wildcats. His best season with the Wildcats saw him average 22.5 points per game. 10.4 rebounds, 4.8 assists, and get this, Wildcats. He averaged 2.3 steals and one block per game. You're not only getting offense, you're getting defense. As I called him earlier in the pod, Mr. Versatile, the modern-day Nick K. Well, Nick K is the modern-day him, I guess. So I'm taking Andy Vlahov. He's a boomer. I actually watched a highlight of him playing against Team USA in 94, and he showed up against Shaq O'Neal. So Andy Vlahov, you are my number six pick. With my number seven pick. Again, I'm looking inside. I see the talents inside, and there are three names that are jumping off the screen. But I am going to go with a man that can shoot lights out. I'm taking Scott Fisher. All right, here we go. The fish. So Scott Fisher, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, when he wasn't with the Wildcats, he actually had a few seasons when he averaged over 30 points a game. So Scott Fisher... With his best season with the Wildcats, saw him shoot 23.7 points per game, 10.7 boards, 4.1 assists, and 1.6 steals. That guy shot the ball at 51%, and he shot the three ball at 41%. He can score inside, he can score outside, and, mate, he can get you a bucket whenever you need it. So just recapping, number six pick, Andrew Vlahov, number seven pick, Scott Fisher. So with the number seven pick of Scott Fisher, we enter the third round of this draft. We will take a break after Thomas's pick in this round. We'll take just a slight break just to discuss the teams and why we've made those selections thus far. So at that point, we'll each have three players. So with me at the Suggs, we have the eighth pick. We are very excited to announce and we can't believe we've got an absolute steal here. We have an absolute steal at number eight. We're taking a Wildcats legend, legend, legend. Whispers are true. Sean Redditch to the Suggs. Sean Redditch to the Suggs with pick eight. So thank you very much, Sean. At this point in the, at this point, we've decided to go with Sean for a couple of reasons. So, Sean Redditch himself in his 07-08 season averaged 22.9 points per game. He had eight rebounds a game. He shot the free throw at 80%, just efficient. 36.8 from three, 52.9% from the field. And that's the big differentiating factor, 52.9% all around from the field. So, so he's taking 16.2 shots per game. He's making 8.6. So anytime you can get that type of efficiency from a player playing big minutes, he was playing 37.9 minutes per game. 
That's amazing. Sean himself played many, many years with the Cats. He was an absolute star when he came across to us from the East Coast as well, and we've been blessed with him since then. So, pick eight, Sean Redditch. Tom, over to you with pick nine and to close out the third. All right, then I guess I'll go pick nine and I'll take him off the board while he's still there. My flex player, Mike Ellis. Oh! Big pick. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry I didn't take a seat. Power move! And I've got a surprising 10th pick as well, so stay tuned for more after the break. So, you want to talk to the Mike Ellis pick a little bit, Tom? Yeah, well, um, obviously, he also was an absolute unit for the Cats. I believe he was their first ever captain as well. I wasn't around to watch him, obviously, so I don't know too much about the guy. But obviously, he's regarded as one of the greatest Wildcats of all time, one of the greatest Australian basketballers of all time. He's an absolute steal, and I'm surprised no one's picked him yet. So I've taken Mike Ellis. I was going to take James Ennis and the person I'm going to take with my 10th pick, but he was already taken by Mason, who has kind of made a habit out of taking my potential picks in this draft. But I've got a massive one lined up for number 10. All right, so that brings us to the end of round three in this Wildcats all-time Cool Cats draft. So, recapping for you guys out there, with the first pick, Jordan went Bryce Cotton. Pick two, James Crawford to Mason. Pick three and four, Ricky Grace, Damian Martin to Tom's team. With the fifth pick, Mason went James Ennis. Sixth and seventh pick in the swing in this draft on the two-three round crossover. Jordan went Vlahov into Fisher. Went two huge inside power players there. And Mason went Redditch with pick eight. Tom taking the first ever Wildcats captain, went on to be an assistant coach, which we saw in that 2000 run, and then on to coach Mike Ellis. So, fellas, how do you feel about your team so far? I don't know what to say. I mean, I just want this game, I want this to be realistic and have our five go against your five, because at the moment, I'm, I'm very confident. I've got shooters, I've got ball handlers, I've got inside and outside threat, and I'm only three players in. I think that I've got an incredible team so far. I took the defensive duo of Ricky Grace and Damian Martin first up. In my opinion, two of the best Wildcats of all time. And also I took Mike Ellis as a flex player. So I've gone pretty defensively so far to start off this draft, but I'm confident with my 10th pick. I'm going to make some big moves. Look fantastic, Tom. And so are you a little bit worried that you're a bit short at the moment? So you've got Ellis, Martin, Grace. You've got a team of uh, all under six foot three, but they're, they're, some, they're some serious guards and you've taken yeah. some, some fantastic guards. So I'm going to swing over to you now, Tom, with a 10th pick and to start the fourth round in this NBL Wildcats all-time draft collaboration, Cool Cats Corner. Who are you taking with the 10th pick? With the 10th pick, he's a boomer. One of the best Australian players in the NBL. One of the best Wildcats out there at the moment. It's Nicholas K with the 10th pick. Large. So you're going to steal? Yeah, so uh, as I just mentioned, he's one of the best Australian players on the planet right now. He's obviously been held in pretty high regard from even people over in the USA. He had a great World Cup as well. He proved himself there, especially against teams such as Spain and, and France, who are quite difficult opposition. But I've got a pretty good team so far. I feel pretty confident. I've got one more inside player to go. So now I've got to suss out my options and take that pick. Thanks for that, Tom. So we've come to myself in the fourth round here. So recap of my team. I've gone JC as an inside player. I've gone James Ennis as an outside player. And I've then gone Sean Redditch as that inside player as well. So, with my fourth pick in this draft, I need some outside scoring. I need an MVP. 
I need myself Kevin Lish. So Kevin Lish, prime career, made himself at the Perth Wildcats in the NBL. That year, 2011-2012 MVP season, he averaged 17.3 points per game. That was in 33.1 minutes. And you guys have to remember that this was after the time went from 48 to 40 minutes per game. So 17.3 points per game. He shot the three ball at 36.7% that year. He was an absolute beast. He is a star and he's the exact type of player we need running this offense. So, very happy with that pick. With that, one more pick to go. I've got two inside, two outside. I've left myself a flex. And now swinging over, we're on the swing. With picks 12 and 13, we're swinging over to Jordan. You've really put me in a difficult situation here, so that was my next pick and I was over the moon if I could fit him into this Wildcat All-Star 5. A um, bit of a predicament because there's a couple of players on the board here that I think are great shooters, but I have a disdain to them due to them leaving the Wildcats and playing for another NBL franchise. I thought when they were at the Wildcats, they were fantastic, and we're basing them on their Wildcat year. So there's two guys jumping off the page to me. Who do I go? Still not sure. And then there's also still an MVP in here who's just, just chilling. So I look like I need another outside threat. And I may come to regret this, but with my outside threat, I am going to pick, Jesus, sorry guys, sorry for the, the, the delay, I'm the just suspense. really, the suspense. the suspense, it's too much, the suspense, 10, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, the pick is in, I'm going to take Casey Prather, Woo! I've decided to take Casey Prather, I just thought when he was here, he was here around the time that he was playing alongside, if I can remember, he, he played alongside, I think he played alongside both Jermaine Beal and James Ennis, and there was a couple of seasons where he became the main man, and he was able to ball out as the main man, and I was really impressed with the way he carried himself. Um, I was actually happy that he left the league because he was playing elsewhere, but then he came back and joined a NBL rival, which that's where the disdain comes from. There's two other guys that I could have tossed and turned over. There's a guy that actually has better stats, but purely because I didn't see him. And, and my team at the moment is is based on players that were from the past. So I wanted to bring a bit of a modern spin to my team. So that's why I've gone Casey Prather. Just as I said that, I just realized I got another turn. Fantastic. So <laughs> put some more suspense on me, would you? So we've got Bryce Cotton and Casey Prather playing on the outside. You've got Andrew Vlahov and Scott Fisher on the inside. Interesting. So I feel like I need another big man because Fisher and Vlahov aren't the biggest people. They're big, but they're not the biggest people. So I'm going to look to the outside, uh, to the inside for my flex player. Tossing and turning, if you must know, tossing and turning between Kendall Pinder and Paul Rogers. It looks... Like I am going to take, based on his stats as a big man, I'm going to take Kendall Pinder with my pick. Uh, it actually hurts my heart because I want to take Jesse Wagstaff as well because of what he's done for the team. But yeah, I'm going to take Kendall Pinder. All right, so Jordan's team wins the bad guy of the year award. Coming on to pick 14 after Jordan selected Tiny Pinder. Mason is now back on the clock. 
looking to recap my team, I have two outside players in Kevin Lish and James Ennis, two inside players in Crawford and Redditch. So I've really just left myself here in such a fantastic position. What do I need? See, my team almost needs a Tariko White to be that three, but he hasn't been fantastic lately. You know what? I'm going to take Cal Bruton. Cal Bruton, 82 games as a cat. He is and has had extremely successful career. As a short guard, 175 centimeters, 80 kilos. The bloke could play. He dropped 22.2 back in the 1989 season. That was at 40.8 minutes per game. He shot the three ball at, get this, 40.5%. And look, this was a year when he was fairly well on in his NBL career, but obviously dropping 22.2 still flaunted out and showed out. So to wrap up my draft sheet and my team, we're going to go with my flex. And this is a great flex. Cal Bruton. Big flex. All right, with the final pick of the draft. I need an inside player. So just to recap my team, my flex player, Mike Ellis, the first ever Wildcats captain. Outside, I got the defensive duo of Ricky Grace and Damian Martin. And then inside, we got Nick Kay. I have one more inside pick to make. I've got three guys narrowed down. I need a big man. I'll tell you who I have. I've got Paul Rogers, Jesse Wagstaff, or Nature Y as the people who I want to pick. Now, I could go for Nature Y because he's, because of his size and his presence on the court. He's a big lad and he gets the job done. And I could go Jesse Wagstaff, one of the greatest Wildcats of all time. Uh, Sounds like that's not who you're going though, Tom. I didn't say that. Or I have Paul Rogers, who was an MVP and performed well in that 2000 final series. So there are options, Tom, with the 15th and final pick in this draft. You need an inside player. Because let me remind you, in the third round, you flexed hard on Mike Ellis. So, where, who's your inside player? Tom, talk to me. All right. Right now, I'm going to cross out one of them. Going to be a tough decision, and I'm probably going to get some hate for this. I'm going to cross out Paul Rogers. Rogers? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Throwing the curveball. And I got two people left. Jesse Wagstaff on HY. I know who I'd be taking. I have to include Jesse Wagstaff. He's getting in the team. Jesse Wagstaff. So, my team, just to wrap up. Mike Ellis is the flex, Grayson Martin on the, as the outside players, and Nick Kay and Jesse Wagstaff as my inside players. That is my team on the Cool Cats Corner, all-time Wildcats draft. That's a fundamentally sound team there, Tom. I really like what you did. So, to recap for everyone, so you're going to have a 30-second pitch here to tell us why your team would beat the other two teams. Um, to recap the teams, for Jordan, as an outside player, he has Bryce Cotton. He has Casey Prather. As inside players, he has Vlahov, Fisher, and Pinder. Myself, I have, as outside players, I have James Ennis, Kevin Lish, and Cal Bruton. He's at my flex. And as inside players, I have Crawford and I have Redditch. Tom wrapped us all off with his, his outside players of Grayson Martin, his flex of Ellis, and his inside players of Nick Kay and Jesse Wagstaff. So, fellas, any takers as to who wants to make a case first? No one's hands gone instantly up, so I'm happy to take this one on. Okay. So I'm really happy with the team that I've been able to put together. Obviously, getting James Crawford at pick two was a godsend. Not having to make that Bryce Cotton amazing grace pick. Which and we all know you would have picked Bryce Cotton because you basically worship him on the pot every week. At, at least I didn't have to make that pick, which was really good. So we went Crawford at two, got a bit of value there. I couldn't believe Ennis fell to me at five. I understand paying tributes to the greats, but the season he had as a Wildcat, even when he's playing in the NBA at the moment, he was just he showed out on that Perth Wildcats team. He actually came into his own. So I'm going to include him in the side. We have Sean Redditch, who is just a Wildcats legend, can play inside and out. Kevin Lish, MVP once with the Wildcats, and Cal Bruton, who is just an NBL legend. All right, so here's my pitch for these guys. 
James Crawford's going to win every single tip ball in the competition. So we're getting the first touch every time. That ball's probably going to go to James Ennis or Redditch, depending on who has the spacing or the matchup. Kevin Lich is going to be out there in a corner at times, just spacing the court because his three ball is lethal. We'll put Cal Burton in the other corner because those two can shoot lights out. At that point, we're letting Ennis, Redditch, and Crawford just go to work in some sort of triangle offense. We're going to be playing everything through them. We have shooters on either corner, so we're going to be stretching you. We know how lethal James Crawford was along the baseline as well from his mid-range. I think this team can shoot from everywhere. That's five players that can kill you, and I barely even mentioned James Ennis. So if that's not proven enough, there you go. Who's next? It's a good team, Sug. It's a good team. I mean, after close analysis, we're going to have to have a look and see which team would actually win a five-on-five. I do still like my team. I think my team has everything that you need in the team. I mean, if you're looking at creating similarities, you look at my team. So you've got Bryce Cotton, six foot at point guard. You've got Casey Prather, six foot six at shooting guard. Then you would go to Scott Fisher, six foot seven at small forward. Vlahov, six foot seven at power forward. And then Pinder, six foot eight at center. So, I mean, if you're in the NBA, that's a small ball lineup. But for the, for the NBL, that's a, that's a decent sized lineup. And what you notice in every single one of those players, they can all shoot the ball. So I guess my pitch. My pitch is that one, I've got the greatest wildcat of all time, Bryce Cotton. So you ain't stopping him because no one can. Two, I've got Andy Vlahov, Boomer, legend, scores when he wants, can create shots for everyone else. Scott Fisher went three seasons averaging 30 points and above. Casey Prather, he's, he's shown that he can, he can put the team on his back and ball out. And this isn't a nice guy team. It's not about we're looking for the nicest guys who have played for the Wildcats. We're looking for the most talented guys who have played for the Wildcats. And that's why I got Tiny Pinder in there, the big center, <laughs> who's going to give you, I think he averaged something like 25 points per game. I know he's not a fan favorite. I know, but we're looking at the most talented lineup. When you have Kendall Pinder in there, working in the paint and you got all those other guys around the perimeter, mate, this team ain't losing. All right, now it's time for my 30-second pitch. So, firstly, let's look at Mike Ellis, the flex player, the man on a mission. He was a two-time coach of the year, and he got two NBL championships both as a coach and a player. So he knows a lot about winning trophies. Can I stop this pitch? Is he your player coach? Because how is the coach stats relevant here? All I'm saying is he knows a lot about winning trophies, Jordan. If you let me continue my pitch, please. Then we have the defensive duo of Ricky Grace and Damian Martin. We've got three grand final MVPs between them. And we've got 10 NBL titles between them. These two will control the play, bring the ball up, you know, get some nice assists. Also, brilliant defensive work from both of them. And then on the inside, we've got Nick Kay, the boomer, two-time NBL champion, one-time rookie of the year, two-time all-NBL first team selection. And then we've got Jesse Wagstaff with the six NBL titles and the rookie of the year. These two are both playful shooters, and I'm hoping that they will continue that same shooting form for my team. That's all you need to know. I'm out. I think that's three very good pitches. I'm now going to question some of the uh, some of the lineups, okay? Because, for example, here, in Jordan's situation, he has a high usage player in Bryce Cotton who takes the ball a lot of the time. And then he has guys around him who are very high caliber type players as well. But look, guys like Casey Prather can, can shoot and miss. Scotty Fisher, I'd say, is a very complimentary piece to that Bryce Cotton player, which I really like, like that Nick K piece almost. Vlahov is a good player no matter what team you put him on. I think that's fantastic. But, for example, with my team, when you come up against someone on my team, we have the Kevin Lish as a ball handler. And having Kevin Lish as a ball handler with four other people, because Kevin Lish, Kevin Lish's game just talks equality, talks spreading the ball around. And when you have such a star-studded lineup as we have here, 
Everyone is going to need a touch. And not need a touch. Kevin Lish will happily get the ball out of his hands. Kevin Lish is happy to get it out of his hands and be the guy standing in the corner to shoot that three. He's also the guy that can bring the ball up in the offense. So as a glue guy, I thought Lish was really important for me to get. What's your glue guy? How do you see your, your team kind of running their offense? Well, I always draw back to it, but this team, my current team resembles the current Wildcats team, if you want to put it that way. I mean, I always make that comparison between Vlahov and Cotton. And even in the footage that we watched uh, for this for this pod earlier that we reviewed, you saw Vlahov set the high screen for Ricky Grace to break him open, then allow him to take the shot or create the next pass, you know what I mean? So Vlahov is giving Cotton the room he needs. you got Fisher, who can give it to any, any time a catch-and-shoot sort of player. You can compare him to Clint Stein. You've got Casey Prey that's like a Tariko White sort of player. And then you've got Kendall Pinder, who, you know, he's, he's a bit like a Dario Hunter or like a, a Miles Plumlee inside. So, And that was a championship-winning team. I think... They have the players there. You've got Vlahov who can do everything. He's the, he's the glue guy to answer your question. But yeah, I think, I think I've got the team that can, can do pretty much everything. And I, when I was selecting these players, Vlahov had lots of steals and assists. Fisher had lots of steals and assists. Cotton had a lot of assists. So you're getting the ball moving and you've got scoring out there. Beautiful. So my team, this is how I'm going to play things. So I'm going to have Damian Martin playing primarily as a defender. He won't get involved in the offense too much, as you would see currently with the Wildcats. I'll have Nick Kay. Somewhere in the Cool Cats corner. (laughs) Ready to take those lethal three-pointers or even drive if you really wanted to. I don't really have a guy who can post up or a a real big guy like Nate Y. With my inside players, I could have gone for Nate Y, but instead I picked Jesse Wagstaff. We play small ball. Trevor Gleason did in the final series and throughout the season whenever Jesse Wagstaff was playing the five in the role of the big man if he needed to. And Nick Kay, as I mentioned, lethal shooter, can get bits done. Damian Martin... Defensive juggernaut. Mike Ellis, I'm kind of going to play him as a middleman, offense and defense. He will primarily help out on the offense, and if they need to, if they need someone to cut inside or create an option for them, then Mike Ellis is the man. That's my team. I love it, Tom. I really, really do like your team. Your team really does resemble a lot about what is currently going on with the Cats. I mean, having that, that grace instead of Bryce Cotton to have pair alongside Damian Martin with Nick Kay, with Jesse Wagstaff. The only guy that you've gone, hey, I want to go and pick out of the 80s was Mike Ellis, which I love because, <laughs> because Mike Ellis is a star. You've gone four current players, which I love about you, Tom, and then you've rolled it into Mike Ellis, Mr. Wildcat. So I love what you've done. I love the team put together. I love all three teams that we put together here, guys. I hope you had a lot of fun in what we've done and, and, and bringing this draft to these guys because we had a lot of, I had a lot of fun writing it and kind of putting my bit together. I've had a lot of fun chatting about it with you guys. This has definitely been my most enjoyable Cool Cats Corner podcast to date. It's going to be a lot of editing, a lot of fun work to do. We're going to be putting through some video editing and such. To this point, we are the Cool Cats Corner. This is the off-season. I hope everyone's remaining safe. You can find myself at the Cool Cats Corner on Instagram or on Twitter, uh, Chucky Sugo, C-H-O-C-C-Y-S-U-G-O. And I'll let these guys here who have been just fantastic on this podcast today promote what they've got going on. So, guys, camera here, camera here, camera here. Tell the people what you got going on. Thanks, Sugo. Really appreciated you having me on the pod for the second time. I uh, really enjoy getting involved in the corner. It's a great initiative and it's uh, real good to see that the NBL, especially the Wildcats, being promoted so heavily and you're doing a great job. 
Looking forward to the next time I'm on the Cool Cats Corner. Uh, hopefully, we don't have another shoot-off because I'll win that too. But I'll just give a shout-out to, yes, the Cool Cats Corner and also to the podcast that I have with myself and three mates. We're called The Four Point Play. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter. That's number four, letter P, number zero, I-N-T-P-L-A-Y, four-point play. Uh, we haven't been doing many pods recently, but we cover mainly NBA if you are interested in that sort of thing. But yeah, thanks for having us. And you can find myself, my personal Instagram and Twitter is at Jordan Deleo, J-O-R-D-A-N-D-E-L-E-O. Tom, throwing it to you so you can give us a bit of a pump up of your pod. The Stinking. All right, so yeah, thanks for having me on the pod, Mason. It's been a really good, uh, really good chance for me to get some insight into the Perth Wildcats and also the makeup of their teams in the past. And the reason we're doing these rewatches is because back in 2000, I would have been seven years old, for example. So I get to go back and rewatch this. I get to go rewatch all these old things. We get to talk about it just like what we would have done in the day if we were there when it was released. So it's a really, really big honor having you on this podcast. Before you keep promoting yourself, I want to promote you. I want to say massive, massive shout out to Tom who provides so many stings for this podcast, who loves to get involved in researching and he is the sting king. So if you guys actually, if you're out there, you need any transitions for any podcast you guys are doing, just hit him up and he'll, he'll promote his handle now. But thank you very much, Tom. And over to you. Yeah. Well, thanks Mason for that uh, lovely shout out. (laughs) Yeah. Firstly, I may as well just give my Twitter handle. It's Roboldo360. That's capital R and then O-B-B-O-L-D-O-360. And the pod's Twitter is unfilteredpnc5. You can check me out on either of those links and hit me up if you want any stings or transitions or even if you just want to chat. Um, I do have a new podcast coming soon. It's called Reverb. It's about all things music. The aim of the podcast is to essentially provide a platform that caters to any level of music fan from casual to hardcore. And we'll be focusing on a different artist each week with a variety of segments to help you understand why they are so significant. And as I mentioned, our first pod drops the 13th of April, Easter Monday, where I'll be taking an extensive look at one of the biggest bands to come out of New York City and the band who arguably started the garage rock revival of the 2000s, one of my favorite bands, The Strokes. Very excited to launch this project and I hope that anyone who listens to this podcast and also mine and Jordan's will learn something new either about our respective topics or why we're very passionate about doing what we do. But it's been a pleasure to be on this podcast. No worries, guys. Thank you very much. I hope everyone out there is remaining safe, isolated. We'll be back at you very shortly with some more new content, some more new cat content. This is the Cool Cats Corner. It's been a lot of fun bringing it to you. Thanks for chilling.